go downward. And so many children are not even going to be raised of just going to church, let alone learning something. And so what we wanted to really do today is talk about how do we reach kids with the gospel. It's one of the most important things that, that we will ever do as a church. It's one of the most important things we can ever do individually is reaching kids with the gospel. And there are three parts to this. Number one is why. Why is it so important to reach kids with the gospel? The second question is how. How do we reach kids with the gospel? And the third question is where do we reach kids with the gospel? So I'm going to talk about the why. And then we're going to have a special friend of ours, Esther Beasley, come up. And she's going to talk about um, um, of how we do that. And then uh, we're going to have Garrett come up with some friends and talk about where we're going to do that. So let, let's talk about why. Why do we need to reach kids with the gospel? Well, first scripture commands us to. It says this in Psalm 127.3. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. Kids are a gift. Whether you're a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or uh, just somebody that's got kids around them, children are a gift, and they're God's gift. Do you know that our kids are not really ours? They're a gift from God. And so we're called to treat that gift in such a special way because it belongs to God. When I was in Tulsa, we had to rent a car to drive from the airport to the hotel. I had to treat that car pretty well because it wasn't my car. Imagine what God expects of us when it comes to children. Number two, we cannot keep kids from knowing God. Listen to what it says in Matthew 19. Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus is saying we can't hinder kids from knowing him. We've got to do everything in our power to allow children to know who God is, to, to let them know that God loves them, to let them know that God wants to have a relationship with them. What is our job? Our job, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a friend, or a neighbor, our job is this. Number one, impress God's word upon them. Deuteronomy 6-7 says, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. We're called to talk to our kids about Scripture. We're called to let them know what Scripture has to say about how they're supposed to live, how they're supposed to talk, how they're supposed to treat people. We're called to do that. It's not encouraged. It's not recommended. We're called to do that. We're called to let our children know. Number two, we're called to teach them the Scriptures when they're young. 2 Timothy 3 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that from who you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith in Christ Jesus. From infancy. We teach our kids how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, how to dress, how to do all of these essential things in life. But one thing that we always sometimes seem to forget is teach our kids the scriptures. A lot of times people say, well, that's the church's job. It's really not. It's our job. The church supplements that through all of the wonderful ministries that we have, but it's our job, according to God's word, for us to teach our children what it says. And depending on where your kids are, certain scriptures are going to apply to them, but it's our job. Number, uh, number five, talk to them about the scriptures. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. 
We are called to teach our kids what the Bible has to say about prayer and forgiveness and grace and love. That's our job. It's not the youth guy's job. It's not the children's guy's job. It's our job, first and foremost, in our homes and then in our community. It's our job to do that. We've got to train them. We have to train kids. I'm sure a lot of us who have older kids can remember how we potty trained kids. We used to give our kids M&Ms when they would use the potty. You know, you do everything you can to train the kids. We have to train them in the scriptures. It says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. We have to train our kids to worship God. We have to train our kids to love God. We have to train our kids to seek God. They're just not going to do it because we happen to bring them to church once in a while, right? We've got to train them. They've got to see us modeling that. Number seven, don't cause them to stumble. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus is not playing here. He says we have to make sure our kids aren't stumbling, mean that we aren't keeping the scriptures from them. We aren't having their priorities be more important than God. That's causing our kids to stumble when we say, well, you don't really need God. You don't really need to worship or you don't really need to read the Bible. We're causing them to stumble. Our job biblically is to help our kids grow in their faith. Number eight, and this is for us parents, fathers, do not exasperate your children and said, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's important that we find ways to train and instruct without exasperating our kids. And that's hard. And we all make mistakes in that. But we're still called to do that. You know, Scripture is very clear on what our calling is as parents, as grandparents, as aunts, as uncles, as cousins, as neighbors, and as a church. It is to reach kids with the gospel. Psalm 8-2 says this, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. There's nothing greater than when a child praises God. When little children say, can we pray? When little children sing about Jesus. When little children know that God loves them. There can be nothing greater. And our calling, our charge is to put kids in a position where they can know God and where they can praise God. Because when kids praise God, it changes the world. Listen to what it says in Matthew 21. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he, being Jesus, did with the children, shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never heard from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? Jesus loves kids, and he loves when kids praise him. And kids praising Jesus will change the world. And it's so important that we understand the the why we are called to reach out to kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have all of these texts available to you. Garrett's going to have those to you. We're going to post those uh, weekly on Facebook just as a way to kind of encourage all of us to make sure that we keep reaching children at the forefront of our ministry. Our goal here at Three Timbers is to connect people to the transforming and redeeming love of Jesus Christ, and that starts with kids. 
And so that is the why. That is why do we do what we do because God clearly commands that. Well, we're really excited to have a good friend of Three Timbers here, Esther Beasley. She's a children's ministry specialist from Child Evangelism Fellowship. This is a ministry that we partnered with last summer uh, for five-day clubs. It is an incredible ministry. Um, I know I've had the privilege to be a part of their banquet. Garrett's had a privilege, and some of, uh, of you all have done that as well. And Esther is going to kind of share the how with us. We know the why through Scripture. And now Esther is going to come up and share the how. I think we'll grab the microphone over here, and we'll let Esther kind of come up. But would you welcome Esther uh, to us here? Thank you.
you know, as I said, I was in Tulsa, and part of my presentation was about our five-day clubs. That was the biggest request that I had from multiple churches coming up to me that said, how do you do that? How can we get involved in that? That sounds awesome. And it's just so easy. No matter where you live, you just have to open up your backyard. And they come in, and they do the work, and the students are so well-prepared. They're amazing. You have a chance to change the world by changing a kid's heart. So we've talked about the why, because God calls us to. We've talked about the how. Now we're going to have to talk about the where. So I'm going to turn it over to Garrett. Do we have a second mic, by the way, so Garrett can have one, and then our speakers can have one? Do we have a second mic? Or you can just all talk really loud. Oh, okay.
and uh, we'll be in the back. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Garrett. You know, it's so easy. You know, and a couple, a couple of things I want to make sure you know. Number one, you don't have to have kids to do this. You don't have to have kids. If you have a house, you can do this. Number two, you don't have to live in Bennington. It can be wherever you are. So I'd encourage you, pray about it. Open your home, open your heart, and watch God work. I'm going to ask uh, Rachel and our band uh, to come back up. And as, and as they play, just kind of reflect on how, how you can live out what it says here in Proverbs 22, 6. Train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. We can change the world by sharing the gospel with the child. power of prayer changes things. We know the power of praise gives God glory. And so that's why we're very intentional about prayer. And so we want to just lift up our prayers and our praises. That's why we're going to go through the Psalms this summer, starting on May 1st, and read through the Psalms because they're about prayer, they're about praise, they're about crying out to God. And we believe in that. So what can we be lifting up in prayer or praise this morning? Rick? I want to pray for Rick's dad, who's been really struggling with some health issues. He was at the ER on Friday. They've just admitted him to the hospital this morning. There's some transition on, on what uh, facility he's going to be in, so we want to pray for, for Rick and his family. What else can we lift up in prayer or praise this morning? Nicole?
prayer for me and my sanity. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nicole and Derek are expecting baby number two, so we are very excited about that. Um, uh, Derek is getting ready to head out for some training in Canada uh, for the next three weeks. He leaves on Saturday. Um, so one, pray for uh, Nicole's sanity. She's going to be one-on-one with Asher, and he's a tough opponent. Let me, let me just say that. Uh, but just also, let's just wrap our arms around her. Maybe we can reach out, help out, give a meal, pray for her um, as a mom expecting and with a little one at home and with dad away. That's a lot. And so we want to pray for safety and sanity and protection for you, Derek, as you go and train. What else can we lift up in prayer or praise? Bonnie. Amazing. So, so Bonnie had a relative that um, had some issues and was in a coma. And they didn't know what was going to happen. He has come out of the coma and has gone back home because that's how God works. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Still going to need some prayers and some help, but we're grateful what God is doing. Amen. What else can we lift up in prayer or praise? Praise. 